uh, have some benefits from their practice, uh, insight, wisdom, understanding, uh, through the uh, persistent and uh, ongoing uh, reflection on the impermanence of conditioned phenomena. And the Tamajaka Sutta that we just chanted is, uh, of course, the, the essential teaching, suffering the causes, cessation. And cessation is uh, now, uh, as, you, as you develop the, the pawana, the, cultivate the way, then the experience of sensa- uh, cessation becomes increasingly more clear. Uh, where when we're in the beginning, we're, we're mostly caught up into the uh, arising conditions and just the, the momentum of habitual thoughts, emotions, uh, opinions, views, uh, behavioral patterns that we, and reactivity that we uh, experience in this life. The aim of, of a religious path is to realize the ultimate, the deathless reality. So in the realization of Niroda, then we, we, we have insight into the path, the Eightfold Path, based on right understanding, samaditi. So this word ditti is, uh, in, uh, is used uh, as, a, you know, as a, it can be right thought or in ter- in, uh, even in the Thai language, they use it as a kind of like opinion view or even conceit. In Thai, when you say someone has a lot of ditti, it means they're very opinionated and conceited. <laughs> so in Thai, they actually use the word ditti or manaditti, a kind of self conceit. But samaditti is, uh, is right view or right understanding, right seeing. Uh, it's quite, it's profound, it's embracing, it's not, it's not uh, div- divisive, it's not based on, on uh, delusions anymore, but on insight. And the tendency for, for us, that when we think about Dhamma, oftentimes is to divide the world into illusion uh, and reality, or uh, the, the thinking mind is always making these divisions because of thought, and that's how it may, what thought actually does, the function of thought is to divide and separate, to count, to qualify, to quantify, to describe, to, to define, to limit, but the spiritual realization is unlimited. It's not, it's not defined. It, it's realized. So that's why the uh, ultimate realization isn't is something that you can can describe or define, or uh, you know every t- every attempt to, to try to describe it in uh, in words. Uh, in any language, it's uh, somehow not quite that. 
So, yeah, and the Buddha made this very clear, it has to be realized uh, and, and known individually by the wise, Bhajjatang Vaitidapovinyuhi, to be experienced individually by the wise, to be realized, to be known, because it can't just having definitions and descriptions and ideas about it tend to delude us. Because whatever we attach to, whatever view we have about ultimate reality, that view will in some way distort the experience. Because we, we, get, we get prepared uh, for seeing it in some way. We've got some bias, some little distortion uh, that we're using to experience the present. And so ultimate reality or the enlightenment or realization is uh, is impossible as long as there is any form of clinging to a view, to any form of ditty. And of course the, the, the kind of ditties that we have are you know, we form a lot of opinions and views about Buddhism and about um, Dhamma, about uh, monasticism, about um, other religions, about ourselves, about other people, and so these are these are kind of conventional uh, uh, ways of thinking and and defining the conditioned realm. Though so, the conceit of of, of dittimana is that it's always thinking that because we know about all kinds of things that we actually understand them. And so you you get people who are very well educated and have uh, you know uh, degrees and uh, certificates and have written books and are considered authorities and experts, uh, but. Uh, in terms of, uh, of spiritual development, it remains merely ditti or dittimana until you've let go of it all and realize the reality in the present. So that, that always the meditation, say the purpose of a meditative practice is not, if you're coming from the the, the basic ditty that, del that distorts experience in the present is the, is the self-view. I am this body, I am my memories and feelings and thoughts and emotions. And the way we grasp the things around us, uh, the external world, what we see and so forth, we, we, we get possessive, we, we identify, we hold to it. So in uh, monastic life, we're, you know, we kind of, uh, most of us aren't particularly uh, fascinated by having a lot of possessions and identities on the social or worldly plane or material plane. But our ditties can really be strong in terms of our station, our commitment, our practice, our view about practice, our view about other people's practice, our views about Buddhism, mm -hmm. and all these views, and nothing, uh, even the views aren't 
may not necessarily be wrong in themselves, but it's the grasping of those views that that is the distortion. Views are views, so they're appropriate according to time and place. Uh, some are based on, you know, on uh, intelligent uh, reasoning and, and on uh, using language and dhamma and convention in a skillful way. But still, as long as one is bound to the convention, that blind attachment to convention, even no matter how good the convention might be, there's still a distortion. There's still uh, the ditty there that uh, that that uh, hides the reality. Uh, in the third noble truth, the Naroda Satcha cessation. This is where you, you're actually realizing non-attachment. You know, the second noble truth is the insight into letting go of the causes, the gama-dhanna, pavadhanna, vipavadhanna. So this paha is a letting go, or not grasp, but it's actually like letting go, putting down something. Not destroying. It's not a destructive thing like getting rid of because it's bad or it's not a, a kind of judgment, value judgment against any convention or condition, but it's, it's the thing that the attachment, this, this blind attachment is, is the thing that blinds us to the reality of the present. And so this a sense of awakened awareness, the sati, uh, the appamado, the, uh, the heedfulness, being heedful, paying attention, being awake, is the way that the, the, the is the kind of essence of Buddha Dhamma. The Buddha, Bhutto, awakened awareness, wisdom, mindfulness. These are the the words that that have great impact on the on the uh, meditator. And we can still uh, grasp these words and, and create uh, all kinds of Buddhas and all kinds of opinions about Buddha and, and all kinds of views about uh, being mindful. And so <laughs> even though we have these words, it's like uh, being heedful, paying attention, being here and now, and then we grasp the views of you must be awake, you must be here and now, must be mindful. Uh, and then that very grasping uh, is the thing that makes us heedless, even though we're grasping a view about mindfulness, or grasping a view about not grasping. So it's not a matter of, of, of uh, negating or just going from positive a positive view to a negative one, or taking a position uh, in terms of uh, a view, uh, a particular viewpoint as being uh, some kind of view as being absolutely right. But some dicti is is not grasping any views. It's the state of pure uh, pure being. Uh, 
they see in one book a kind of ontological transparency. It kind of attempts to use words to <laughs> like transparent, not ontol ontology, like the, the present in this the study of being. Transparency, there's no there's no the, the, you know, there's no it's not color, it has no color, no form, no shape. So it's it's not something that you find or create. You can't create but mindfulness, you can't it's not something that you you uh, you do, but something you you be, you rest in it, you open, you relax into the state of receptive awareness intuitive awareness. It's intuitive. And then uh, from that, then the, the samadhiti is possible. Once you, you, you actually uh, trust yourself to be in that state of just a and, and in that state of attention, you're accepting everything for what it is, even your own tensions, your own negativity. Like if you're uh, uh, the w a physical pain or restlessness or whatever you're, you're experiencing now, the intuitive present is embracing. It's not condemning or, or making any kind of problems about what, what I, what you're experiencing in the present, and that's quite an amazing ability, isn't it? To just try because oftentimes we feel tense, and then we 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 start grasping the view that we should relax, and so we 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 try to get we feel you know we whatever if we have bad thoughts in the present, then we think we've got to get rid of them, or if if we have uh, you know. We feel pain or or negative uh, feelings, emotions, or whatever. We we immediately uh, take the view that we've got to get rid of these kind of uh, conditions. But that's coming from the the uh, the conditioned mind, isn't it? The way you 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 make judgments. You know, this is bad. This is good. This is. Is how I should be. It's, I shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't. This is a, and, and it's easy to. We have the Pali word. We say this is an asawa. This is a defilement. This is a kilesa. This is a, uh, a sin. We can be very good at at, at naming, uh, putting uh, some kind of word to the, the what we're feeling in the present and making some kind of judgment about it. But in intuitive awareness, there's, it's non-judgmental. That's why we say intuition. It's, it's embracing all that's present, all that you're experiencing, without judging it. Good, bad, pleasant, painful, uh, peaceful, or confused, or light or dark, whatever. It's not. It's not. Not. Selecting. So one can understand this and even feel inspired, but but how to act, how to really practice in this way to make this 
to make this into a reality. And so, say, in, in our life, Hiramabhati, to, to uh, this, this uh, particular situation is set up in order to encourage and point to that and keep reminding us because we keep forgetting. We, it's easy to get lost in all the worldly uh, urgencies and problems and difficulties that we have. And, and communal life is a real challenge, isn't it, in terms of the, the way we are living together and the way we affect each other you know, on an emotional plane. And all the, the uh, conventional things we have to uh, bend to and accept and and uh, embrace inevitably bring up all kinds of resistance or attachments or obsessions. So then the this is the, uh, qui- the this is the beginning of the quiet week for the com- for the monastic community. So it, it's uh, just. Uh, to see this as an opportunity, the, the quiet week where, say, the, maybe the pressures of uh, communal life are, are uh, not so great, not so strong. Isn't, you're not forced or compelled. You're not, uh, there's not expectation for you to be at the morning chanting or evening chanting or things like this. And you, have, you can motivate yourself. But say this is a this is a, a a wonderful opportunity for you to to uh, instead of setting up all kinds of of ideas of what you've got to do during the quiet week in order to to get something to to trust more in your ability to just be aware of say any compulsive feelings doesn't mean you don't have uh, you you don't uh, need to do anything during the quiet week. But to whatever, whatever you decide to, to um, how, how you're going to use this week, to, to um, really observe the kind of way of feeling, the, the, and, and not judging, just observe this is, this is the way it feels when, when it's like this. This is uh, when the pressure's off, or when I have time to myself, this is, this is the way I feel. We have these various uh, meditation techniques, uh, sitting and walking practices, and so forth. These are helpful uh, ways of uh, disciplining and having something to do. Uh, but the aim of these things is not to, to be caught in, in compulsively practicing, but in observing the compulsions uh, or the, the laziness or the, or the uh, resistance or the, or the kind of way one can excuse, make excuses or, or um, you know, rationalize your, yourself into justifying the, uh, to justify your behavior. 
But trust more in the that which is aware of all this, all that listens and is aware of the way the mind, your mind tends to uh, react to experience. And as listening, uh, the sotavanta is not judging, it's not, uh, not making a, uh, and if you do tend to pass judgments, be aware of that and also accept the, the reactive habits you have to the experience. So, so that it, it's embracing and but your, your refuge isn't in the objects but in the pure state of awareness. Now to, to realize that state, uh, to know when you're in that state of awareness, you can just by just this, just by developing uh, the uh, just practicing in the state of just paying attention, listening, because uh, the uh, ability to listen is a very is is uh, is quite expansive, isn't it? It's uh, when we're listening, we can listen to something in particular, or we can just be ha have that state of just pure state of listening, of attention. So then all that is uh, heard is accepted in, the, in that openness, uh, that open state of listening. If we're just concentrated on some particular sound, like a, what somebody is saying, that's concentrating on maybe a, a speech somebody's giving. But also we can we can just rest in the state of awareness that uh, that expansive listening of the sotavanta, which isn't uh, listening for anything in particular, but but a relaxed state of receptive listening in the present. So it includes all the sounds, including the birds and the wind and the uh, noise and the um, traffic and it's just not, not excluding, it's willing to to allow all all that is present in terms of sound to be what it is. And then as we relax into the state of receptive uh, awareness then we, we begin to detect the sound of silence. Kind of uh, uh, buzzing sound, kind of background that is, uh, that is uh, we, we don't tend to notice, and not aware of, usually. And we, we most, even though it's, it's a natural, it's natural to us, it tends to be like something that we've never really uh, recognized or, or uh, seen other than maybe some kind of strange electric sound. But it, it, it works very well in terms of meditation because it's a sign where your mind is uh, kind of the, the conditioning of the mind has kind of reached its edge, it stops there. Like thinking will stop there. And then there's a, a sense of being poised in a state of pure attention, pure listening, uh, which isn't listening, which which isn't trying to uh, absorb into the sound of silence, but using it as a as something as like an edge 
to uh, to rest in and kind of a balanced place where your uh, ability to really uh, be totally receptive and, and in an expansive way in the present is uh, is 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 realized through that and as you relax with that more and more then you also can reflect on the conditions you're experiencing like emotional reactions or or thoughts because that sound the sound of silence or that emptiness of the mind isn't an annihilating it's not a it's not an annihilation it's not a rejection uh, of anything it's not going into a kind of void of of nothingness of blotting out all conditioned experience that's not it's not annihilation but it's a, an, an ex or the realization of emptiness that that embraces everything so that all the other sounds uh, are within that or even even uh, the old sound can can take you to that sound of silence and as you develop uh, heedfulness around the sound of silence then then your relationship to the sounds or to even the, the internal sounds like the inner voices the the emotions that you're feeling the the uh, the thought and views the ditties that come up in, into your consciousness you're you're now willing to let them be what they are so you're actually letting your mind kind of free itself from this endless controlling manipulating tendency to based on fear based on ignorance based on desire Because when you're caught in the self view and in the in the in the wanting to control everything because you're frightened of life and experience or frightened of of your own feelings or emotions or thoughts and that then one is continually resisting you know and trying to to uh, as soon as any any uh, frightening thing starts coming to consciousness we we try to uh, get rid of it run away from it. But in this n state of natural awareness, then the, then even the most frightening emotional uh, things can are allowed. You know, they come up. They they if they they are what they are, but, and your relationship to them is is knowing them in terms of impermanence and not self. The conditioned phenomena, anicca dukkanata. And and you're letting them be what they are, so they naturally cease. And as you trust in your ability to let things cease, and rather than just when when things get rough to kind of rush off to do something else, that's what we call rebirth. Isn't it? Where we, you know, well, we get some frightening thing coming up, and then we oh, can't take this, and we run off and do something, keep busy. Uh, write letters, read books, run around the field, phone up an old friend, 
those are what monks and nuns can do. We don't have television. If you're a layperson, you've got television, you can immediately switch it on. Also, the subtleties of, of negative feelings and repressed uh, desires and that are, are allowed then, rather than judged or controlled. Because from this, this place of sodawanta, then you, the listener, intuitive awareness, then, then you can uh, deal with, the, uh, uh, with, these, with subtleties, with stupidity, with, with uh, all kinds of uh, inferior uh, emotional habits or immature emotional habits that we might have. And we're very good at judging and say this person has immature emotions, and so when they get upset, they start throwing a tantrum. Or they, when they uh, can't get their own way, then they act like this. Or, <laughs> or they, uh, I mean, we have, we're very good at kind of analyzing people, putting labels on them. They have uh, problems with authority, or they have uh, problems with their mothers, or the problems with. Uh, anyway, these kind of, uh, this way of thinking tends to uh, make it sound like we shouldn't have these problems. And therefore, there's a, a tendency to, to feel, to, to try to, to solve all these problems. But, uh, the, but then the problems keep, keep multiplying all the time. Uh, so that uh, you by because the basic basic uh, problem has not been resolved, which is attachment to the conditioned realm, or the ditti, attachment to these various uh, mana dittis. So it can be quite cavalier, and you know, these little uh, immature emotions or big immature emotions start coming up, and you, you say, "Welcome, temper tantrums." Uh, I mean, not that one has them. You know, you don't you don't see me going around usually having temper tantrums, but. Uh, Still, uh, the, those kind of emotions can one can experience. So they come up, and the the, the attitude towards them is rather than than uh, trying to get rid of them, seeing them as as uh, my problem uh, being uh, not resolving my immature uh, habits from childhood traumas. I begin to to accept the, and you kind of welcome these emotions into consciousness. It's like you're, you're, you're being a host, uh, a generous receiver without judging, and without making any conditions about it. It's like unconditioned love. And then these, these emotional habits, once they if they have no resistance, no, and you're not creating problems around them out of ignorance, then they actually are being liberated from your karmic uh, storehouse. 
at least I find that in the, this way the the uh, kind of tendencies uh, inadequate tendencies are are uh, can be can be reduced can be uh, let go of as I stop trying to to control it. With uh, with all of us in you know in in a society like this one here, uh, where say we have uh, a lot of you know say we haven't really uh, been we have a lot of freedom and we have rights and and uh, opportunities and and material abundance and things like this to uh, to uh, that we almost we we take for granted, you know the kind of pri privileges of a democratic system and and material wealth, materialism, modern life, and so uh, the this this kind of uh, uh, cult uh, acculturation that we've had, say, it tends to to have its own problems, you know, we, we, we sometimes we we can bypass difficulties. We can get by in in this society quite easily without putting much effort into our lives. Uh, we can just kind of ride along, and uh, and we can uh, become obsessed with ourselves and in our feelings and our thoughts, and and become really self-centered and very selfish because uh, the in modern society for, for many of us life has allowed this kind of luxury uh, to be self-obsessed to be uh, obsessed with one's views one's opinions one's feelings now how to use this you know in terms of dhamma because in the monastic life you know we're all here uh, because we want to be free from this pain, because selfishness and self-obsession is a very painful uh, way to live one's life. And to always, because it it's always separative and it's critical, and it's uh, and it's always it, one is so caught in in endless comparing, uh, comparisons, and jealousies, and envy, and self-disparagement, and and uh, embarrassments and self-consciousness and and arrogant attitudes and conceits. So that that kind of of uh, uh, conditioning just uh, creates, even in a modern and pleasant society that we live in, creates a, a lot of anguish and despair and fear. Uh, even though they kind of uh, their dangers aren't particularly immediate. You know, you're not on, on a survival level. You don't have to worry about, you know, wild animals attacking us and and uh, just trying to get enough, you know, a few grains of rice uh, to survive the next day. Sometimes, you know, when you're really uh, hard-pressed, life gets difficult, and you're just on the survival level, you you don't have time to be neurotic. You've got to get <laughs> try to find a, s 
a crust of bread or something to 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 uh, survive with, and you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself. But in modern life, we can we can indulge in, in ourselves in uh, these self obsessions. Now, this can also be a good thing if we use it in the right way, because, like they hear in the in the monastery, it's a very very well, you know, it's provided for in, in life. Is Ayadamabhati isn't isn't survival on the level of just not, you know, getting enough to eat and, and not having, you know, just barely making it on the level of survival. But in terms of emotional uh, experience, isn't it? sometimes it's, it's difficult to survive. Because we are living in a community where, where we, you know, we, we're, we're altruistic, we're, we're moral, we have a lot of good qualities. Uh, we're, we're here, we're spiritually aspiring, you know, we're, we're all, uh, you know, quite, quite good, our intentions are good and our aspirations are, are, are for realization, for enlightenment. And yet, how much anguish we we have around the, the jealousies or envy or or just the feelings about being misunderstood or not loved or not respected or or not appreciated or being we get paranoid we think people don't like us or people are against us or people trying to to uh, take advantage of us all these kind of emotions uh, can. Uh, are quite ordinary in a community uh, existence. So the Sotawanta listens to this. You know, this is how I train myself to just listen to the the anxieties, the the fears, the 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 the, the, the sense of responsibility, uh, the compulsive tendencies I have, the desire for approval, uh, the the uh, uh, longing for people to understand the Dhamma, the, the um, you know, all the kind of things that, that you have, you know, that wanting, you know, that you got committed yourself to, uh, to this particular way of life, and then, then th that also brings up emotions of wanting uh, people to appreciate it, or wanting people to understand and so these also, these kind of desires and these ditties are part of the uh, path. And so in terms of Dhamma, it's all, we're seeing these things not in terms of, of personal uh, defects, but as developing the path. So all what you might consider your personal defects and your uh, inadequacies and your uh, problems uh, on that level is rather than seeing them in that way, see them as the as the all that uh, all the dhammas that need that keep reminding you of the path. So then, in the state of awareness, then the only the immature emotions arise. Uh, I feel upset because people uh, uh, say somebody uh, uh, criticizes me. 
unfairly and uh, and then being criticized unfairly then this emotion of it's not fair it's not right they should then then the sort of one time listens and this emotion then is accepted it's not it's not believed I don't believe it it's not in in uh, believing or in resisting it but in accepting and allowing it to be that way and then it, it naturally ceases it's it's uh, it's uh, something that that is always helping you to realize the path and this if you change your your attitude rather than from the self view which is a good monk uh, shouldn't have thoughts like this <laughs> or a good nun uh, shouldn't uh, you know be like this and all that the way that then we're we're actually using the conventions of monasticism to develop the uh, to increase the sense of a self and to and to increase the, the self disparagement because you you know a good nun a good monk is you know is uh, it can be you know very high standard uh, that we we would like to become and uh, and then we just uh, endlessly feel we're failing or we're not good enough uh, because we can't maintain ourselves at this high standard that we that we're attached to but in this state of awareness then it the, the high standard the uh, the emotion the immature reaction the whole thing the in intuitive Awareness, it, it's embracing the totality of it. It's not, it's not making a problem about the problems. So all problems and, uh, you, know, as, you know, views that are very high and, and altruistic or, or just petty, selfish, mean-hearted, opinions and views or whatever they might be in their quality they're all uh, when we see them in, in terms of Dhamma then it's all path, it's the samaditi of not having a view but seeing directly the way the, you know, seeing the path as a present uh, here and now, timeless and trusting that. And only you can know that yourself. And the, 